The Gut Pharmacist Podcast with Riley Ramosco, traditional naturopath and holistic nutritionist. Today, we're going to talk about the four most common pathogens that I see in my practice and ones that you might currently be dealing with today because they are pretty common. And I've certainly had my share of these as well. And like I said, I see them all the time in my practice. So what are the four most common pathogens? We have Helicobacter pylori, also known as H. pylori. We have Candida albicans, aka Candida. Methanobrevibacter and Desulfovibrio. These are two types of bacteria which contribute to small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and intestinal methanogen overgrowth, which is the methane SIBO term now. And then lastly, mold, which causes mycotoxins. So these four are pretty common and in a super lucky person, you can find all four of them together in one amazing package. Yeah, super amazing, right? <laughs> so let's start with H. pylori. H. pylori is a very common bacteria that you'll find stuck in the stomach of about half of the population or more. Not everyone has symptoms and not everyone has these symptoms of the infection. It's a very common stomach infection though, and it only affects certain people. It can increase the risk of gastric cancer in some, and it definitely contributes to ulcers, gastritis, and other symptoms like belching, nausea, reflux, burning, and low stomach acid in general, which can contribute to all of those symptoms I've listed. H. pylori is a major cause of ulcers and gastritis. So if you have those, definitely rule out H. pylori because what if your issues could be fixed simply by eradicating this pathogen or getting it under control? It's definitely something to rule out. And even in people with reflux, H. pylori can contribute to either causing or worsening of the reflux. So again, if it's a simple fix as eradicating this infection, definitely look into it. We have stool tests and we have blood tests and we have samples taken via endoscopy. I would say endoscopy and blood are the most accurate. Stool tests can also detect it, but it's just not as an accurate of a measurement as the other two tests. So H. pylori. I personally have never had it, surprisingly, because I've had a lot of issues, but it is something that I see a lot. Number two, candida. Candida albicans. This is a strain of yeast, a type of fungus, that contributes to either local or systemic fungal infections. And it is healthy in small amounts. We all have this type of fungus in controlled amounts in the gut and on the body. Once it gets out of balance with antibiotics, antifungals, birth control, diet, other things, it can take over and cause a lot of issues, especially when beneficial strains and the immune system get compromised. It's a very common contributor to yeast infections, digestive issues, 
sugar cravings, dysuria, which is issues with urination, like interstitial cystitis, painful urination, burning, vaginal burning, can also cause skin issues like skin redness, itchiness, scalp issues, hair issues, nail fungal infections, of course, oral thrush, which is that white coating on the tongue, and digestive complaints, anywhere from IBS symptoms to even reflux. And it's known to cause a lot of issues with anxiety in people, these types of fungal infections. So that was candida. We talked about H. pylori, candida. Now we have methanobrevibacter and disulfovibrio. Yes, those are some crazy words. They are just two different types of bacterial strains. The methanobrevibacter creates methane gas and the disulfovibrio creates hydrogen sulfide gas. So we can see that correlation in the names of what gases they create. But these are commonly found in people with SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And the new term for methane SIBO caused by the methanobrevibacter is called intestinal methanogen overgrowth or IMO. So IMO and SIBO tend to go hand in hand here. Methane is usually associated with severe constipation and slowing of motility and especially weight gain the bacteria actually have more time to extract calories from the intestine, the food that's sitting in the intestine. So methane types usually have a lot of constipation, slow motility. They just feel bloated, constipated, toxic, and they feel like they're putting a bunch of weight on. Whereas hydrogen sulfide is usually associated with diarrhea, loose stools, but some people can also have constipation, primarily loose stools though. Also linked to major sulfur sensitivity. If you're uh, sensitive to sulfur foods like cruciferous, broccoli, cauliflower, artichoke, and then onion, garlic, if you can't handle Epsom salt baths, that's a sulfur sensitivity. Very correlated to this hydrogen sulfide SIBO. With both types, we usually have severe gas, bloating, food sensitivities, and changes in bowel habits. I'm sure I'll have a whole episode on SIBO sometime soon because there's just a lot to say about this type of gut disorder. And it is the most common contributor to IBS, by the way. So that was methanobrevibacter and disulfovibrio contributing to SIBO and IMO. Lastly, we have mycotoxins, which are caused by mold. Mold, I just had a whole episode on that. So if you didn't listen to that, I would highly suggest it just to learn what mold can do to the body and especially to the gut. But these mycotoxins are secreted by mold. And these mycotoxins can affect many different organs of the body and certainly the gut. I see a lot of digestive issues like LPR, GERD, SIBO, IMO, Candida, largely coming from mold exposure, whether past or present. And then you have your other symptoms like shortness of breath, fatigue, brain fog, anxiety, post-nasal drip, allergies, and a lot more. So definitely check out that mold episode, which is previous to this one. 
So we talked about these four most common pathogens, H. pylori, candida, methanobrevibacter, disulfovibrio, and mycotoxins. Now you're probably wondering, well, okay, I might have one of these, I might have all of them, so what the heck do I do? That's a very loaded question, of course. It always depends on the person, but I can give you some general tips on what is usually the treatment for each of these pathogens. So we'll go back to H. pylori. H. pylori is usually treated with antibiotics. Of course, I'm a traditional naturopath, so I do not use medications, nor can I even prescribe them anyway, but I just... I'm not in that type of world. I use all natural approaches. So there are specific herbs we can use, like antimicrobial herbs, oregano, berberine, neem, etc. And bismuth. Bismuth subsalicylate, bismuth subnitrate. It's hard to find a very pure one because Pepto-Bismol has a lot of junk in it, but <laughs> bismuth is a really great supplement and treatment for H. pylori. And there's also mastic gum. That's another one. I've also heard of metula tea. Now I have not tried this and I have not recommended it, but I've heard some great things about that metula tea. Something new, but pretty cool to hear about. So H. pylori. Now we have candida. We can use these antimicrobial herbs with candida as well, and actually all types of pathogens. Herbs are amazing. They can eradicate anything from viruses, funguses, bacteria, mold, and so on. But as far as candida, oregano, berberine, peppermint, unless you have reflux, those are really great ones. Even clove, those are all really great to help with fungal overgrowth. And if you have a vaginal yeast infection, boric acid suppositories are really great to just balance the acidity of the vagina and just promote harmony of the organisms living there. There's also caprylic acid, and I forgot the name. I think it's ursodendic acid, ursodelic acid. It's a common ingredient in a microbiome labs product. It starts with a U. Pretty sure it's ursodenlic acid something similar to that. All these crazy names, it's hard to keep up with, but that one and caprylic acid are actually really great to help balance the candida levels. And for your SIBO and IMO, methanobrevibacter and disulfovibrio, each SIBO protocol, because there's three types of gases, each one is slightly different, but generally we can use these antimicrobial herbs for all three and we can rotate, we can pulse them just to prevent any relapse, and there's specific supplementation for each. So I won't get too into it because I'm sure I'll have an episode, but sulfide SIBO, low sulfur diet is really great. Bismuth also, whereas methane, um, just herbs in general are really good for the methane type. And lastly, we have mycotoxins, which are secreted by mold. This is another loaded question. How can we address mold? It really depends on the person, what kind of symptoms, what body systems are affected. Generally, we just detox it out of the body, but even before that, we have to remediate or leave the environment. That's 
Number one, you can't just detox without leaving the environment and getting out of that environment. Definitely comes before that. But once you're ready and you're in a better environment, you can try many types of supplements from biofilm disruptors, which are usually either digestive enzymes between meals or even things like biocidin, oregano, those antimicrobial herbs that like to break up biofilms. There's binders like humic and fulvic acid, activated charcoal, bentonite clay, glutathione. There's many types of supplements. So work with a functional or naturopathic practitioner for any of these in general, just to make sure that you are on the right protocol for your specific needs. Everyone is super different and that's always the case, no matter what issues you're dealing with. Make sure you're working with someone who can customize the protocol for you. Okay, so we talked about the four most common pathogens, what they do to the body, and what are some general ways that we can address them. I also want to mention some other common infections that I see that I have not gone in depth. There's pinworms, which sadly I used to have. I'm embarrassed to say, but I'm just going to say it. I had pinworms when I was oh, probably 13 to 15, and I actually never treated them. I had no idea. I was a kid. I didn't really tell anyone. <laughs> Luckily, they just disappeared over time, and I literally ended up scooping them out of my body. It was horrible, but yeah, I have a history of parasites. Luckily, all that has been taken care of. I'm at a much better place in my life right now. But pinworms are very common. They are these tiny worms. They are, I don't know, maybe a, a fraction of a centimeter long. They are super tiny. And they look like tiny worms. They actually live on the anus and they come out at night and they lay eggs around the anus. So if you have any itchiness down there, discomfort, and you see visible worms and eggs, definitely get that treated. It's a very common one among children. And, and don't be embarrassed. It doesn't mean you're dirty. It doesn't mean you're living in poverty or living in filth. It's just very common. It can pass by touching hands, by touching the environment, tables, anything. It's highly passed around in schools. And amongst adults, too, because adults are, of course, around children. So don't be embarrassed. It happens. We, we are exposed to parasites pretty much every day. It's not dirty. It's just normal. They're part of the environment, just like we are. So some other mentions, Citrobacter, Clostridium difficile, Campylobacter, and Giardia. These are all other types of gut infections that I commonly see. And just like the other pathogens, each protocol is slightly different, but in general, I like to use my antimicrobial herbs for each. And I also like phages. So phages are something that most people have not heard of. They are supposed to be the future of antibiotics. Phages are manufactured viruses that only target pathogens and they leave the good bacteria alone. So unlike antibiotics and, and unfortunately the herbs too, they are more of a broad spectrum. So they target the bad, but they can also target the good. So you end up losing some of your good strains and that's just part of the process. So in really sensitive people and those who have already tried the antibiotics and the herbs and all the things, 
I usually put them on phages because phages are just so unique and I see a lot of great results with them. The one I use specifically also has a probiotic in it. Not that I'm a super fan of probiotics in general, but I think that's a good plus to that. So we're leaving the good alone. We're only targeting the bad. I love phages. That is P-H-A-G-E if you want to look into those. So hopefully that cleared some things up. And before you research your symptoms and how to eradicate whatever you may be infected with, I'm sure I made you paranoid, please consult with a professional because there's a lot of wrong information out there, even by doctors and certainly by health practitioners like myself. So please do your research and work with someone who knows what you need and who can guide you in the right direction. Do not just rely on the internet. Don't rely on a health professional that maybe doesn't know your body or is gaslighting you. Always use your intuition and work with someone who you really think can put you in the right direction. Not that we fix you. We don't fix you, but we activate the process and we give your body what it needs to fix itself because that is your body's right to activate that healing process. And I am here to point you in the right direction, give you the information, explore these innovative principles that you don't commonly hear so that you can feel empowered in your healing journeys. That is always my goal. So thank you so much for listening. Please support the podcast if you can. Follow me on all social media. I think I've said it on all my other episodes, but Instagram at Gut Expert Riley, on YouTube and Facebook, The Gut Pharmacist, F-A-R-M. And um, what else am I missing? I have so many platforms and I can't keep up with it. I think I'll just leave it at that. Thank you guys again. I hope you stay happy and healthy. Thank you so much for listening. Hey there. Thanks for listening. You can find me on Instagram at gutexpertriley, on Facebook at The Gut Pharmacist, same spelling as this podcast, on YouTube at The Gut Pharmacist, and my website is holisticriley.podia.com, where you can find information on working with me, my background, and more helpful information to feel empowered in your journey.